February 5, 2024, it's the Watt for Pedro Show. Trunk with sand, but 
Watch for Pedro Show. Rainy, rainy Monday here, Pedro. Well, SoCal, because we got this, they call it the Pineapple Express. It's just a big river fire hose just drenching us. And, of course, every time it rains, because AT&T don't maintain their infrastructure, even though they're charging me all kinds of money, my Internet goes out. So I hate to make excuses like that. but so. Anyway, I got this beautiful music from Canada from the old days. And uh, I'm going to talk with... Uh, Rob from uh, American Devices here. We started the show off Mr. PC, John Coltrane, live excerpt, November 22nd, 1962. Then American Devices with uh, Meaning of Life. Rob, you there? Did I lose you, Rob? Watch for Pedro. Right. Show. Look, I'm back. I think I got a connection, people. Who wants to go first, Rob or Rick? Um, I whatever you want. Okay, I'm gonna go with Rick because it's uh, alphabetical. Rick, what was your or what's your earliest musical exper uh, memory, recollection? Early musical memory. Oh man, I, I guess going into my sister's, um, my older sister's uh, psychedelic '60s records. Okay, and what was the first record that you bought with your own money? Oh shit! Definitely. With the, I just I aimed right for the gimmickiest album covers. What was it? I lost it. Tell me again. What's that? Oh, it was Alice Cooper's "Schools Out." Oh yeah, it had the panties in it. That's well, not right. real panties, uh, but fucking cardboard panties. And what was the first gig you saw, Rick? First gig. Oh, I had a friend whose father had uh, tickets to the. The Forum downtown, so we just go to whatever was played. What was like, your first gig, Rick? Frank, like Frank Zappa. Okay, you know, that's good enough. Grand. Remember, it's a lot for Pedro. Radio fans. It's a lot for Pedro show. There's no hard questions. There's no wrong answers. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, now, let me ask you this. Uh, school. Were you in the marching band or the choir, shit like that? Fuck no. Okay, well, some people are, you know. I've been doing the yeah, show I'm 22 gonna, years and 22 years and seven months. And, I, you know, all kinds of different situations. And some schools got rid of their music program. So that's why I asked that. Uh, I wish we had a marching band. I would have been at the front. Get, your turn's <laughs> next. Let's stick with fucking Rick. <laughs> Although I'm very interested, but let's just one at a time. Okay. So not after school, I graduate, but in the afternoon. You know, bedroom band, basement man, garage band. Did you get into anything like that? Um, absolutely. I mean, with the um, like, I wanted to be Jimi Hendrix before punk, before all the punk stuff started. I wanted to be Jimi Hendrix, so I bought. They used to sell these songbooks, right? Yeah, like a Jimi Hendrix songbook with all the hits from a certain record, but they only showed the guitar parts how to do it in this graph style with these dots. Yeah. Like, here's an E note, here's an F. I tried to do that. Yeah. And it's like, that doesn't sound like a guitar solo that Jimi Hendrix is doing in Purple Haze. So I just I just dropped it, and I, I just figured I'm never going to be able to play guitar. And then, of course, the Ramones happened. Well, well let me know. Let me uh, 
learn about how you got that guitar. The guitar, um, it was probably just some dumpy toy acoustic or something that I was trying on. But my first guitar, this is when I got into punk rock, uh, was like this um, Espana. It looked like a Buddy Holly guitar, semi. No, I'm wondering why did you pick guitar and why didn't you pick bass? Why didn't you pick drums? Oh, um, I think I just figured guitar was easier because I didn't know how to play. And, uh, you know, the cure for not knowing how to play, of course, is the big muff. You mean a fuzz box? What's that? A fuzz box. Yeah. Well, Jimmy used a fuzz box. I think Jimmy used a fuzz face. Oh, I I just got whatever I could afford at the store, and that was the big muff, that big, ugly, tin-looking thing that was bigger than what was inside, you know? And and you start playing with your friends after school? Did you make a basement band, a bedroom band, a garage band? My high school buddies, we were... This is like mid to late 70s in high school. When punk rock started up, we wanted one of those bands. We wanted to make one of those bands. So, of course, we just thought of the stupidest name we could come up with, which was The Electric Vomit. Yeah, that's a good one. And, yeah, and it got in the press. It got in, the, in a, the big daily paper, like, look at this stupid punk rock name. Well, did what, you do a gig? What, How did they know bad. about that band? Did you guys start doing gigs? Oh, I would just write to them. Oh, okay. But did 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 Electric Vomit did was Electric Vomit just a practice band or did you guys actually do gigs? No, we played. We played. Tell me about the first Electric Vomit gig. Oh, was that the was that Montreal's first official whatever Montreal punk rock festival? And it was on a university campus, and there were. A couple thousand people there or something. And I still didn't know how to play. They wanted a band quick because there were so few punk rock bands in Montreal. And uh, when they heard I had something, I guess maybe I put the name in the paper. I was putting posters up for no reason with the name of the band. No gigs, nothing. Just here's the electric vomit. And I guess word got around and someone called me and said, hey, you want to open up for this show? It was all Rob. Rob was in. What I think is the first punk rock band in Montreal. He's a little older than me. I'll take a deep breath. It's all right. Go ahead. All right. So um, here I am. I hardly know how to play. We're playing in front of a thousand some people. Adrenaline rush. You know, a mixture of fear and excitement that can't be beat. And I've been trying to reproduce ever since. Um, So you would call that gig a success? Yeah, even though it was obvious we were up there as the little kids of the scene that were just starting out, and we sounded it. We sounded like we had some originals. Yeah, let me ask you about the material. Was it uh, original stuff? Was it copying stuff off records? Well, the one cover we did was uh, the Ramones' I Don't Care, because that's the first song I ever learned how to play from start to finish. Okay. Um, And we did it faster, because I guess we were nervous. So speed figured into that. And, well, uh, usually when you do a cover, you interpret it. So maybe that's your interpretation. Yeah, it was an interpretation. Because it's not a fucking karaoke gig, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. And uh, the originals, I mean, we had, a, we had a song called Machine Gun Fun. Jimmy had a song you called did... Machine Gun. Was that Hendrix? Yeah, that's on yeah, the Band of Gypsies it. record. That's what I was going to say. So I just ripped off the guitar from that at the beginning, sort of like, 
to sound like a machine gun. Yeah, you know, there's a great line in that song. He goes, I pick up my axe like a farmer. Like a what? A farmer. A farmer? That's what he says. He says, I pick up my axe like a farmer. Oh, okay. That's in the song. I don't remember that line. It's pretty good. <laughs> because axe, right? A farmer, but then with the axe with the musician, it could be the guitar. Yeah. Okay, you guys gave me some, uh, or Joe did, trigger off American devices. Let's listen. internationally from 1969 until 2009 I've been on the road first with Lee Scratch Perry and the Hopsetters you know and the first name was called the, the Hippie Boys then from the Hopsetters to Youths Professionals that's what became Whalers International. Now, when we were working on Exodus album, we were working on two albums at the same time. It was Exodus and Kaya. But Exodus, as you know, is the album of the century. Well, of course, he was just like me. We always say we are ordinary people who do extraordinary work. You know, we are work addicts. <laughs> 
and our goal was to spread the message for corner of the herd. You know, the message of roots, cultures, and realities. From the, this, the mid 70s, that's every artist who doing an album have to make sure they have at least even one reggae track on it. I know the first man to take it up was Eric Eric Clapton. Shepherd, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. When we run into a lot of the international artists like Stevie Wonder, and he loved our music too. And he, I, I recall he said to us, why don't we take jamming off the album and put it as a single? I say. No, we know the nice song, but we rather it stay on the album in a way. So I said, okay, if you don't do something about it, well, I am going to do something about it. And that's how we went away with the inspiration from Jamin and did that track called Master Blaster. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, the reggae music is the art beat yeah. of the people. It's the universal language. Yeah. And it carried the message of roots, the culture, and the reality. And it's for all ages and all time. It's for both past, present, and future. And we said, it's like the moon. And we said, the older the moon, the brighter it shines. Yeah. 
All your junked up friends have gone And they try to bend your mind They find you hard to define
que suene en arrebato la campana del olvido. La campana del olvido, la campana del olvido. No se puede apagar el fuego que vuestra lucha ha encendido. No se puede apagar el fuego que vuestra lucha ha encendido. piedras por las calles y aunque le dé que perdone y al que le dé que perdone y al que le dé que perdone la cabeza tengo loca de tantas cavilaciones la cabeza la tengo loca de puras cavilaciones. Yeah. 
Everybody knows it's where life on earth came Show that truck of music star with American devices doing trigger off. Then we had an interview with Family Man Barrett. We lost brother Family Man Barrett. I got to see him do bass with the Whalers, Bob Marley, 1979, UCLA, Paul Pavilion. Incredible. And then I, f- I come to find out with this interview, he says he's the band leader. He's here for the bass. This 2009 interview. Chris Cochran, after that, with Release Me. Uh, Credo, April 22nd, 2022, with Estoy Caminado e Nade Me Pueda en Contra. Uh, yeah. Alan. Uh, uh, the Lemonheads, Evan Dando's back. Seven out. Uh oh. I think I lost those guys. Well, let me finish these tunes. Uh, Maldi and Knots with Afterward. Donnie Yamas with. Campeonas de lo Villaro. Franklin's 48th Hallucination, OK, OK, from the Circus Devils. Bob Pollard. We got eggs in the back. Bullets and balloons. Sand Rider with Baleen. The real fucking jellyfish. Bombas printed. And finally, American Devices with Suck My Rocks. Let me try to get them back, people. Watch for Pedro Show. Yeah, I got them back, people. So that, those were the tunes. Now let's get into Rob's uh, 
origin story. Rob, please bring your earliest musical recollection. <clears throat> recollection like just stuff I liked as a kid? It means a memory that has something to do oh, with music. Yeah. Some people I've had on the show, they tell me about shit they heard while they were still inside their ma. My dad worked for RCA Victor, and and when uh, Elvis came out with Jailhouse Rock, every employee got a forty-five. I I don't quite remember it, but my older bro- they told me my um, my older brother would uh, play it constantly, and then he he kind of got into buying a lot of singles, and I followed along, early Beatles stuff. Let me ask you this. What was the first record you bought with your own money? Oh, God. Eight days a week. Beatles. And what yeah. uh, what was the first gig you saw? Uh, Alice Cooper at the Montreal Forum was during the Russia-Canada Hockey Series, and he came out at the end of the show and gave the score. <laughs> All right. That's pretty that funny. funny. I played that... Some hockey pad in Toronto. Not very good acoustics with uh, primes. Let me ask you this. At school, were you in the marching band or the choir? I asked Rob this too. Oh, no, Rick, um, this. I'm I, sorry. I, uh, I, no, I wish. We didn't have any fucking music stuff at all. That's terrible. Was, yeah. Yeah, Rick and I went to the same high school. <laughs> okay. So how did you, was there, let me ask you, at your pad where you grew up, was there any musical instruments? Yeah. Uh, my dad played uh, classical guitar. Did you jump on that guitar? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I did some classical music lessons, and then I learned uh, House of the Rising Sun later on and got more Night into belly. that. Yeah. You know, he did that on a 12-string. Oh, wow. I don't know if you've ever heard the original. It's not like the animals, Eric Burden, all sad and slow. It's all up, upbeat and shit. Oh, wow. No, yeah. I never have heard. That's why I told you about covers, you know. Unless you're doing karaoke, you kind of interpret them, right? Change yeah. them and shit like that. So, uh, like I asked him, Rick... Uh, when school's out, not graduating, but in the afternoon, the, the bedroom band, the basement band, the garage band, you get into that stuff? Yeah, I have a friend uh, I know, still know from high school, Scott, who was in the normals with me, but we started out just playing guitar uh, together in our bedrooms, <laughs> suburban bedrooms and that. That's all right. And uh, he, he ended up going to uh, London in the summer of 76. So we were already, it was like 20, and I brought back all these singles, Sex Pistols, Clash, everything like that, and then it was like, oh, we got to do this too. It just seemed like we could do it, so we started this band, The Normals. Okay. In, uh, 77. Well, let me ask you about The Normals. What kind of material? Very punk rock, very first wave punk rock, uh, British sounding. We really... But 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 were you writing your own songs or were you copying yeah. other songs? Yeah, we all we wrote all our own tunes. Yeah, that's beautiful. That was one of the things that really attracted me to the movement was the idea because early seventies, man, no one in Pedro here wrote their own songs. Everybody copied shit off records. That's how me and D Boone went. So, what was the first Normals gig? It was this 
small sort of um, empty storefront in, a, in old Montreal, the old section of Montreal that um, this guy rented out and did shows, sort of pop-up shows what, uh, every couple of weeks. And uh, it was uh, punk rock shows. And that was like the first place in the city for it. So our first show was there. That was pretty crazy. And, and what was the bald. band? Was the band a, th a three-piece or four-piece? Three-piece. Okay. Guitar, yeah, guitar, bass, and drums. And you were on the guitar? We were all playing guitar, and then we realized when we were just jamming around, and yeah. then well, we need bass and drums. So I ended up being the guitarist somehow. And well, you stayed on guitar. The other two guys moved, right? Yeah. Okay. And how was that decided? Um, I didn't say anything, and the others the oh. other said, oh, I'll try bass, and, and the other guy said, I'll try drums. I just kept my mouth shut. Okay, you acquiesced. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> That's yeah. all right. That's all right. And how was that uh, first gig? Would you consider it a success? It was pretty scary because as soon as I hit the first chord, I broke like two strings. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> and then we, I had a we had a few bottles thrown at us. Yeah. Oh no. But then, then we got the other band lend me his guitar, and we actually managed to finish, get through the set, and so it was pretty, uh, pretty much a disaster. But we played the same place several times later, and it was much better. Ah. Okay. Well, sometimes, you know, like learning skateboard, you don't pull ollies on the first fucking time on it, bro. That's right. Uh, so how long does the normals last? I mean, you, you, you already knew of of uh, Rick, right? Because you guys went to the same high school. No, we, we didn't know each other at school. He's like oh. five years, six years younger than me. Oh, okay. So how do you guys end up meeting then at this club? But I, think, I think Rick saw us there, and then we realized we both were... Um, from the South Shore, we're both from the suburb of Montreal, not far from each other. So I think we saw each other on the bus going into the city and stuff. And I saw you at the show. And so, so yeah, through that. And, uh, and is this the beginnings of the American devices? Yeah, eventually. Rick ended up... Uh, his, his band, uh, Electric Vomit, sort of morphed in a way into the devices through through other friends that we knew around there if he wants her uh and i ended up rick and i ended up working at the same place in a job uh rick uh got me a job at uh, this art studio that he and his uh, well his dad worked at and uh, i ended up getting a job there as a messenger uh, going around the city delivering stuff and uh, he ended up on the board what was called on the board working doing graphics you know uh -huh. at the time it was like pre-computer <laughs> paste up it was called so I remember that together. I remember that now, remember now, now how many members were in American Devices four well there was originally uh, the band uh, did a couple of gigs before I joined. Oh, okay. Okay. And uh, they they had um, 
drums, bass, guitar, uh, drums, bass, two guitars, and keyboard. So a five-piece. Five-piece. And okay. uh, on bass by then, I was on six-string bass. Six-string yeah, oh, bass yeah. in a punk band in the seventies. That's, that's a that's, trip. And yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah, that six-string, because I had learned to play on guitar, so when I went to bass, I wanted to, to still feel like guitar. I still wanted the extra strings. Uh, it's it? a Hagstrom Coronado six-string bass. It looks like oh, yeah, I remember player. those, yeah. Because I was going to yeah. add, you know, the other one was the Fender Six, right? And I think uh, Dan Electro had a baritone guitar. Could be. I've only known the one, and I still play it. Oh, wow. You know, Jack Bruce, the first Cream record, they, they did a video for I Feel Free, and he's using a Fender 6. Strings are really close to each other. It's trippy. If you yeah, play, I, have yeah. Use, uh, I have to use a metal pick, a triangular metal pick, and it's oversized, just so I <laughs> could get the strings. Okay, okay. And, and I think that Fender 6 actually has a whammy bar. <laughs> What's that? Fender 6 has a whammy bar. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my, my Hagstrom uh, Coronado has a little bar where you can rest your hand. Yeah. On it, you know, while you're playing. Yeah. Pretty it looks like the dashboard of a 19, an early 60s car. Okay, oh, look, we're, we're at the end of the first hour. I've got to find out how fucking Rob got into the band. Okay? So, oh, yeah, okay. Not yet, not yet. We're out of time. People, it's first hour of February 5, 2024 edition. Pedro show special guest. Rick and Rob with American Devices. Hold tight for our two. February 5, 2024. It's the second hour. What for Pedro Show?
consult the dictionary of phrase and fable, collective anxiety at the breakfast table. I can't stop the common tree.
Watford Pedro Show start off the second hour with American Devices doing Party Pooper. Ben Salter out of Tasmania with Here Goes Nothing after that. Cheer Accident with Good Start out of Chicago. Cirque from Rotterdam. Nemesis is the tune. Brendan Etter Ensemble from here in SoCal, West Coast, of course. Wharton Tears at a bitchin' fucking studio in Manhattan, New York City. I think he's in New Jersey now, though. Istanbul Bop from his newest album. And finally, American Devices with Spontaneous Combustion. So, I gotta know, how did Rob get in the band, Rick? How did Rob get in the band? Yeah. Um, well, the devices started... The electric vomit got robbed, and down the hall was a guy named Phil Nolan who was... Uh, playing with a band called The Ulterior Motive, and they would split the set in two, his songs and the other guy's songs. So it was kind of a weird fractured band. And then when he saw that uh, my band, The Electric Vomit, had to break up because we got robbed and the gear was stolen and stuff, he kind of took pity on me and started jamming with me and said, hey, want to start a band? And so it was largely his concept. It was called The Devices, and he had photos of himself done with, like, um, a vibrator stuck in his ear, stuff like that. So it was like sexual devices, weird. Oh, yeah, like sex toys. Kind of, but not, you know, not necessarily. But that's that was the first photo shoot for him. So that kind of stuck. But there were a lot of other bands called Devices. So I insisted we just change it to D-Vices. And so that stuck. And we started doing a lot of uh, shows at uh, loft spaces. And some of them got pretty crowded. They were like rent parties, basically. And Rob showed up to a bunch of those and really dug it and said uh, at one point he was invited in and we were really into No Wave at that point. Oh, that No New York record. Oh, fuck yeah. Especially the contortions on there. Yeah, yeah, James Chance. I I can't stand myself. Yeah, right. And that guitar player, Pat Place, she's playing with uh, Bush Tetras these days. That's why I switched. I was really happy to switch to bass because that's the kind of bass I wanted to play. And so when Rob joined, he was doing a lot of slide at first, kind of like I guess what Pat Place was doing. Right, right. She did. We she was great. And we even no, no. When, when 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 Rob joined the band, was it a six piece? Let me see. It was uh, keyboards, drums, lead singer, guitarist, six string bass, me, and then Rob. Rob was added later. Okay, so so did he replace one of the guitar players? No, it was just adding. Okay, so uh, you guys had... Okay, I understand now. And uh, what was... uh, How many gigs did American Devices do without Rob? Oh, a bunch, yeah. We had a... Our first phase was very Iggy New Values. Because the singer-guitarist loved that record. Yeah, that's a good record. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, produced by James with, Williamson. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, I fucking love that record. And we, you know, to the point where we went to this, we did a demo and went to this record label. I think it was Polygram. We actually got somehow an interview with some guy from from that label, and um, he said, uh, "I've got Iggy Pop records. I can't even give away." That was his response to us. So I guess we sound a little too much like that for his taste. And uh, the no the no wave kind of influence really started coming in, and we started morphing into more 
exploratory, I guess, you know, strange sounds and and uh, noise bits here and there, you know. Right, and right. Out well, ornate, ornate. do you remember the first gig you did with Rob? Um, a blue, a blues, blues club. Yeah, that might have been actually the last gig we did with Rob under that name, Devices. We added American afterwards. Okay. We had a whole shift in membership. Oh, you mean it wasn't just Rob coming in the band? There was other changes. Oh yeah, there was uh, the 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 lead singer guitarist left and formed another band, and so we just decided to keep the name to keep whatever people were were following us. We're talking like maybe two dozen people, and um, and just put American in front of it so we could differentiate ourselves from the previous devices. Sure. And the idea at first was to change the name of the country for every gig. An alphabetical order. But we got lazy and just stuck with American. <laughs> the next door neighbors. Yeah, yeah. I want to play this tune here. Desensor. Desensor to. Desensitized. Let's listen. Thank you. 
remember Why you kick it with your skis, babe Kissing and getting tender We colder than the breeze In Michigan in December 90 on the freeways With bugs splattered on the fenders All my uncles jam fenders Whole fam will go on benders Your whole clan is slow pretenders Hate one low representer Put a folio in Venner Watching One person on the back One person on the front Fender Off a busted Huffy enter One person in the breezeway Bet on the low Kept a hitter On the team I'm a center Keep it slamming in the winter Click clack like a knitter Yeah the sob arrow hitter Stash spot in the litter At the speedway One person in the breezeway we sneak away, keep three trays and keep lanes from three days. We see them from the east. Drink pink keys, steep in street beats that's so unique. While I'm three sheets with just some Contender skills perfected, plus I'm TV power collected. And since they never rejected, all across America, the haters go apoplectic. Everyone could relate to this. While they head nodding in the play the tape until you wreck it. You could never disrespect it. Your OG will say my record was like an eye open. Punch a neck and snatch a necklace if you feckless strip you naked. The flows you spit and tepid. My dad taught me go get checks, kid. All he ever asked, as a matter of fact, is when you get rich, buy your old man a Cadillac. Door open, tossed in the keys. I will. Up in the sweat, cause that shit was a dream. Feel like it's crazy of me to keep extreme. Lust for the cheese, lung stuff full of trees, drinking up at three in the door open, tossing the keys. I woke up in the sweat, cause that shit was a dream. Feel like it's crazy of me to keep extreme. Lust for the cheese, lung stuff full of trees, drinking up at three in the breezeway. Without trying to fight What is it that you think that we fighting for We should fight for our lives Till we can't fight no more They need to feel the force in a show of strength We will win in this I feel confident Yes See someone in Peru Kangaroo, Velcro, Scarecrow Mr. King Drive, Lake George Drive Jive be high But God was over I'm the tropical, non-stopical, yes. Educational, emotional, lotional, experimental. Institution, no time for abortion. Ride the title, wave it if you dare positivity. I mentor you, friends, you mentor you know, me. Seeing the fancy clothes. Let's go, y'all. What's like? Shot town Perdido entre los re- 
recuerdos de tantas vidas y tiempo celebraré que he vivido sobre todo lo sembrado y lo recogido recae la sombra del árbol a que me arrimo más bruto me tomaría yo a mí en serio me lo tengo prometido
For Pedro Show, a chunk of music start off with Desensitize, American Devices. Then Ben, the Nicotine Monks, Barry Stock, Nudie from Clear Spots, Eraser, White Lines, Cadillac Gate, TV Paw featured Ben Carter, Precise, Sharkula, El Color de los Dias, Danny Yamas, again, Marco Serrato, great baseman. American Devices with Spacey Seasick. Uh, Rob. What was yeah. the first recordings you did with the band? Yeah, at uh, that uh, studio in uh, Concordia University. Ah, first, uh, Concordia, that's the one I think I played on the seventh floor. Is that the place where that motherfucker took a gun and shot a bunch of women? No, that's, no. Not, that's the Polytechnic. Ah, that's right, it was, it was Polytechnic, you're right. I saw you guys play at... Uh, at Concordia was with uh, my dog, Popper, right? Right, right, right. In fact, I think the guy in the band put on the gig. He, they had styrofoam mohawks. <laughs> yeah, they, they had a lot of props. <laughs> and I remember the big song at the end of their set was, I lost my job to a guy named Gino or some shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so you remember. <laughs> I think Dr- Dr- uh, Honest Engine was on the bill and Porcelain Forehead. Oh man, yeah, that's, uh, you remember all that. Well, yeah, it was it was the first Minutemen by themselves because the first time we went to Canada, we were with Black Flag, and so this is the first time we were by ourselves. Wow, cool! It was yeah. the Double Nickels on the Dime Tour, nineteen eighty four, summertime, and uh, yeah, uh, uh, Doug, yeah, it was at the school. Okay, so 
Concordia. Yes, yeah, that's yeah, you guys recorded at that same uh, school, huh? Yeah, and it came out really well. Uh, we thought anyway. I guess when you hear yourself the first time, yeah, you're you either hated or you th- you're really wowed by it. So no, it was it fun. Still stands up. The guy liked us, so he did a good job. Yeah. He liked how we sounded. <laughs> what, what, what do you mean? Was it like a class, like an educational guy, a guy using the school facilities? No, it was a mutual friend who was also in a band, and we'd done gigs together, but he happened to be going to the university and had access to all this stuff. Yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what I meant. Like there, there's some kind of music program, and they got equipment, a studio or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, college radio, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Early, early college radio, you know, indie radio stuff. Sure, sure. Uh, you guys are stationed. They got the C in front. You know what ours is, right? If it's w. if it's east of well, that's if it's east of the Mississippi River, it's W. If you're west of Mississippi River, it's K. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, like all our stations here, right? K and X, KBC, KLOS, K and AC. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a kind of military thing, right? Acronym world or something. And Mexico, oh. their their stations had X. You know that ZZ Top song, heard it on the X? Because they could have, like, these 10 million watt stations. And so, yeah, that's how they heard it on the X. A little Lightning Hopkins. So, uh, so... Did you hear anything on the C? <laughs> Wolfman Jack, he started off at one of them X stations, uh, Tijuana or something. Uh, let me ask you about... Uh, what, what was the name of the... What? How did it come out as... Uh, Rob? That recording? Yeah. Like the first recording? Oh, God. Was it oh, a 7-inch? Yeah. Was it a 12-inch? What was it? Cassette? Audio cassette. Audio cassette. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, cassette. All right. You know what? Cassettes have making, been making a comeback. Have you noticed? Yeah. Oh, I, I was in another band a couple of years ago, and we put one out, like, factory-made. Yeah. In the I old days, the cassettes were really important because of, you wanted to play stuff in your car, right? That's right. Yeah. Also, the idea of the mixtape, that's how you turned other people on to stuff, that, or you got turned on to stuff that you never heard of, right? The mixtape. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got. I still got tons of those. You yeah. make a special mix, uh, mixed tape for that special someone. That's yeah, right. That's right. Personal gift. No, I think it was a real, uh, you know, besides meeting dudes in record stores and rapping about music, or at clubs versus arena rock where you're sitting there in a big... Hockey arena, you know, in the dark, a club. I mean, how many bands started at a club and how many started at a big fucking Nuremberg rally, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, no, I think I think that's kind of what we're missing a little bit is this stuff like mixtape and record store and little clubs because there was something about the interaction. Uh, cats meeting each other, you know, like the way you you two met, you know, even though you were going to the same school, you didn't know each other. It, it was culture. It was art that brought you together. Yeah. Yeah, it was beautiful. I didn't know anything about smaller venues until... Same I thing with in. me. I promise you. I didn't know. If I, I, I could have saw Stooges gigs up in Hollywood, and I fucking had no idea, right, in the early 70s. Yeah. Look, we're yeah. at the end of the first, uh, second hour, February 5, 2024 edition. What Pedro, so special guest, Robin Rick of American Devices. Hold tight for hour three. February 5, 2024. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
from Pedro Shoshoff, third hour with American Devices doing Wet Mare. Then we had Reynolds out of Argentina with Palomo, Mogal, Saludo, Amer- America, Almerica. Huh? And Glaive out of Florida with Untitled. And finally, American Devices with Shitfinger. Don't want to know what that tune's about. So, th- these recordings we're playing, tell me about them. Where they come from? A lot of fun. Yeah. Tell me about th- these recordings that I'm playing. Wet Mare, Shitfinger, Spacey Seasick, Desensitized, Part of Pooper, Spontaneous. Pun- what, tell me about where they were recorded, no, the story behind it. Suck My Rocks. All, all, all over the place. Yeah. Um, we did, uh, well, they were all in Montreal, but um, uh, various sort of in little studios. We had a um, couple of buddies who do their own sort of studios for bands they know. Like, nothing was in a very uh nothing's in a really big commercial studio or anything so um we would usually have a have a bit of a project you know like uh-huh. we're going to put out a, a split single with somebody or that and then we go about uh, finding a place to record it so all those songs are from all different places okay uh, but they sound pretty consistent yeah they do yeah okay. wow that's so amazing really bad <laughs> Well, consistently, uh, you what, know. What I mean is you can tell it's the same band. It's not like the, the different pads made completely different universes for your sound existing. Yeah, it's surprising because uh, it's a lot of years sometimes. And, yeah. You know, based out in different. Like the ones that you just mentioned, the most recent is Shitfinger. Okay. Only, how many years ago was that, Rick? Five years? I think 10, maybe so, over 10. 10 years. Yeah, yeah. And was yeah, that the so last? When was the last time you were in the studio? Ten years ago? Two years ago, at least the the following year. Latest recording is uh, interlarding and. Uh, or record when we have money. If we interlarding, I'm going to play on the next chunk of music, the final chunk of music for this edition. Yeah. Right. And th- and that how how recent was that? That's that's one of the most recent ones. That was like that came out last year. Oh, last year. Now now now. Now, who's in the band now? What what how what uh, comprises American Devices? Oh, that's Rob, me. Yeah. Bass player Andre Asley, drummer Howard Chakowicz, and we wouldn't be anywhere if it wasn't for those two. They are so versatile. What what they are you playing play now, any. Rick? What's that? What are you playing now? I play guitar. Ah, okay. No more six bass. No me, more Rob six. On guitar. We're we're intertwined like but, i'm not a versatile guitar player i can only play my style yeah it's perfectly with rob's style like like, like yardbirds right <laughs> I, I had e, um ivan julian on the show from the voidoids and he told me that oh, bob yeah. quine told him we're not going to do rhythm guitar lead guitar it's going to be like yardbirds where both guitars are strong mm-hmm. yeah and i even played bass on the guitar because we had a period where we had no, no bass Okay. And we had a keyboard at one point, and then the keyboard did the bass. So, okay. And then we used to switch instruments around, so it's all over the place. Like, I like it. Yeah, sure. It's called anarchy, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, creativity, too. I mean, I'm in love with the creative process. And uh, you know, Well, what I mean is you put it in practice. Exactly. It ain't just a fucking slogan. That's what I meant. Okay, let, let, I'm going to play this interlarding thing. Interlarding, that's a great title. <laughs> My cursor's cursed and can't calibrate what to call Don't have the time to be juggling what to grapple 
takes over my carpal tunnel. Got a nip in the butt, that fed line of battle. My cursor's cursed and can't calibrate what to call. Don't have the time to be juggling when to grapple. Reachy boredom takes over my carpal tunnel. But that fed line of battle
Pedro Show last music for this edition. American Devices start off that junk with Inner Larden. Then we had Ratchet Orchestra out of Montreal. Chris Burns. You yeah. guys, either you know Chris Burns? Oh, yeah. Is that right? <laughs> I've played all kinds of Chris, Chris Burns. I, I, I met him through uh, Chapu. You know, there's a book of my Minutemen lyrics that was put out in Montreal. And in fact, it's, it's, it's oh, got cool. a Quebecois version. Every other page, it's translated into that old French style. And, uh, yeah, Chapu put it out on his Oil de Cravon. Right, right, right. I know that. It's sort of intertwined with the comic scene here, too. Wow, small world. That's right. Some of the books he put out are comics. That's right. Oh, wow. Okay, so you know Chris Burns. Well, he was with this Ratchet Orchestra. You guys familiar with the Ratchet Orchestra? So, so... Funny. So funny. You guys know about the Ratchet Orchestra, then? Yeah, yeah. friends of ours. 
Okay, okay. I, Chris Burns gave me a buttloaded, and I've been playing it. It's beautiful stuff. I, I dig it. A lot of it's live and stuff. And this is a tune called Vapors. And then finally, American Devices with the game we never win. And where does that fit in the time, in the arc of the career of the American Devices? That's 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 the flip of uh, of interlarding. Oh, okay. So it's the brand new stuff. Okay. Yeah, and there's a video for it on YouTube if you want to check it out. Sure, sure. And, 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 but I'm interested by this title, interlarding. What's that about? Interlarding can mean, could be a cooking term, and it could also mean, it's a dated, a very dated term. It could also mean conversations sort of cross-pollinating and intertwining. You mean a larder? A larder is kind of a pantry where you keep your chow in the kitchen, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's also a term that's outdated that was used for how conversations go like merge and morph into each other kind of thing. So yeah. that's what the lyrics are about. Okay. I thought it had and something like, to do with like fucking fat. I know. <laughs> that too. Why not? You know? yeah, why Chewing not? the fat. Same thing. Chewing the fat. That's right. That's right. And what about the game we never win? I mean, what, 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 what is the process over these years? All these years, you and Rob have been playing together. What's the process? Who comes up with the words? Who comes up with the music? Do you guys make oh. demos? That kind of shit. No joke. He he wanted to channel Burt Bacharach for that tune. <laughs> you know who's into Burt Bacharach? Seriously, is Jim O'Rourke. I shit thee not. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's not a put on. So Oops, so, so what? Uh, explain me the the composition. How a American Devices tune comes together. Um, well, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, kind of like. Uh, We'll sit down and we say, we got to make a song. So uh, we go, okay, let's go on a riff hunt. And what that means is someone goes, one, two, three, go. And nobody knows what's going to come out. And we just sort of improv for a bit until a hook emerges. And I'm recording this stuff. So I take it home the next day, listen to everything, try and extract the coolest riffing, bring it back next time and say, let's do this. And then let's jump to this and let's jump to that. Bingo. And, 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 and Rick, where do, when do the words come in? Do they usually after the music or before? It's different. Yeah, for Rob, he actually sings and improvises vocals while we're jamming around, from what I can see. For me, I just, I have to be at home. It's like mathematics, you know. I have to make sure all the syllables get into all the different beats and everything. So it's an afterthought <laughs> for me. So you write on demand or do you have like a big trove, a little storage area where you keep stuff just waiting to see the light of day or do you oh man i need words i gotta come i better go home and start counting syllables oh every time i find a new word like interlarding yeah example, <laughs> some, some old 200 year old book and i saw the word interlarding i googled it man that's cool talk it's about old words let, let me tell you an old word i learned in montreal tabernacle <laughs> Oh, man. I still use that. I'm bilingual. I use that all the time. <laughs> I couldn't That's believe bad. that that was one of the heavy cuss words, man. Of course, it's the first yeah. thing well, I said on stage when I learned it. <laughs> it's so dirty. The cussing here is so good because it's all religious, right? Yeah, right, right. It's, so, it's sacrilegious. It's great. It feels really good. Right? All the things you find inside the church are, are uh, good cuss words. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> out of Mac. That's the chalice and the host and the tabernacle. Right, right, right. It's beautiful. Plans. What's next for the American devices? This 45, right? Well, we were talking about how all our recordings are done in different places. Yeah. So whenever we release something large, it's, it has the flavor of a compilation from all these different 
places, right? You can sort of, I mean, I know we're, we sound consistent, but you can tell the recordings were done in different places. My dream would be to release like uh, a standard LP length thing that was all done in the same place. Okay. Same sound. No, that's, that, that sounds like a goal worth pursuing. Why don't you guys, in fact, can I make an invite? You guys do that. Come back on the show. Let's play it and talk about it. Would love to. Okay. The invite's open. In fact, Thanks. it don't have to be an album. It could be another 45. I just love rapping with you guys. Next well, time, I'll, I promise to bring you a better connection. Oh, it's fantastic. I'll have a, 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 a rap with the uh, spirits that control the reins and <laughs> we'll arrange a little <laughs> hey, calmer situation. But uh, uh, can people find you on the internet? For uh, yeah. I have to say, you know, I do. Where can oh, they find it. where Where can they find you on the internet? Just go oh. on YouTube, I, I think. YouTube yeah, and look for American devices. Yeah, there's lots of lots of stuff. Com also, my website's snubdum snubdum.com. Spell spell it there, Rick. S N U B D O M. Okay, that's great. That's great. And I'll check it out too because it's got your visual art also, right? Correct. Tons, yeah. Yeah, great, great. Anyway, Rob, Rick, can't wait to have you back on the show. Please keep on. Keep, I mean, keeping a band together for 40 years, that's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. I love no, it. No reason to give it up. Yeah, don't, don't. Please not. You're inspiration to Wad here and Pedro. People, it's been February 5, 2024 edition of Wad Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.